chapter 2, because you can't talk about vision without reading that scripture, and Acts chapter 26. Habakkuk 2 and Acts 26. Well, like Pastor Denny said, the title of today's message is Realizing the Vision. This message isn't just about the vision we see here for the Cornerstone Campus as far as being a harbor of hope, a place of restoration, training, equipping, healing, etc., this is a message about God's vision specifically for you in realizing that. So I want you to think of both, that it's not separate, it's together. These things go together. Cornerstone Assembly of God strives to be a life-saving station of healthy disciples fulfilling the Great Commission. Where have you heard that before? Yeah, here. So how do we become a life-saving station that's in our mission statement, which is Cornerstone Assembly of God? We strive to be a harbor of hope. How do we become a life-saving station? By being a harbor of hope where we're preaching, teaching, and healing. That's how we become a life-saving station. But how do we become a healthy disciple? These are questions that we had to ask as a leadership team, as the board here, that we can't just assume anymore that you know or that, you know, people coming in just knows what to do. I mean, as a matter of fact, that would be crazy on our part. That's like hiring a new employee and just saying, well, you know what to do. No, it's our job to equip and train specifically for you to do the work of the ministry. So what we did is, this is what your bulletin looks like, in case you didn't know that. We have these available for you as you come in the door every week. Yeah! If you open it up, look, it opens. It gives you information. Like what, what happens during the week on a normally normal weekly schedule. And then over here is upcoming calendar events. Wow! It's life-changing. And then on the back, this is how you become a healthy disciple. These are the steps that we believe you need to take in order to be a healthy disciple. So we've put it here on the back of this bulletin. Also, you'll see it at the connection counter. But this is just three points. We believe at Cornerstone Assembly of God to develop healthy disciples of God through a simple process. Loving God, loving myself, and loving others. And then we tell you what that means specifically. So see, we don't just throw out something out there and just ask you to go figure out how to get there. We really will walk with you every step of the way. Because that's our job. That's what we're called as ministers is to equip the body of believers to do the work of the ministry. So how do we fulfill the Great Commission? Well, what I alluded to, and I didn't allude to it, I stated last week that we have all we all have a corporate vision. That's this Great Commission I talked about last week. The Great Commission means to go into all the world to preach, teach, and heal. See how the mission goes right along with the vision? 
It's not separate then, it's part of. Just like the vision that God has given you for your life is part of this church. As long as you're a part of this church, it goes along with this church. Go into all the world, preach, teach, and heal. Then I believe each church is given a specific vision in fulfilling that great commission within our community. You'll see that. That, you know, a church, you know, in the UP has a different vision for reaching their community, but it's still the great commission. It's still reaching, teaching, and healing. So for here, it's that cornerstone campus we believe is going to be a restoration place, healing place, teaching and equipping, refreshing those. They're going to be flying on all over the place in this community, and we're going to train, equip, and, and send them out. It's all in that. And then in each person, God gives a specific vision in reaching their circle. Just like this church is, is called to reach this community, you will be given a vision that reaches your circle of influence, your friends, your the gas station attendant where you get gas, you know, every couple days. And, you know, the restaurant you visit once a week or every day, you know. But then it goes right into but what you'll be teaching, what you'll be preaching, what you'll be healing, laying hands on. You'll be telling them about here. And come back here and, you know, this is what, you know, the vision for the church. See how it all goes hand in hand. Example, think of it like this. God calls his children to lead all people from one side of this cavern to the other. You have to get everybody from this side to this side. So he gives the local church a vision of building a great bridge. And then he places in each person a specific vision for building that bridge. So some within them, a passion will rise up. I'm a bricklayer. Some will, passion will rise up. I'm a steel worker. Some a passion will rise up that... Uh, I can go call people and get them ready to come and get ready to cross this great big bridge. Some it might be cable workers. Some it might be uh, financially uh, resourcing the church. Some might be to financially pay for the workers. Some it might be buying a ton of steel. But each one, see it's not a different bridge. It's all the same bridge. But we're all working together. I'm building it. A specific vision God placed before you will fulfill the specific vision that God has placed for the church here. You have to keep the vision before you. Keep preparing. Keep working. Not for what you have now, but for what's coming. In the example of the bridge, what if the church looked at the people within its own church and calculated they don't need to build a great big bridge. Uh, we only need a smaller bridge. Because, I mean, we're only, you know, 60, 70 people. We don't need a great big steel. We can kind of get away with a wooden bridge, you know, and some rope. We can do this. Well, 
If we do that, and God starts bringing in the many, what's going to happen to the bridge under the weight? It will collapse. That's right. It will collapse. I've been feeling this past year and even more so every day that we need to prepare for the increase he's about ready to bring. Prepare for the increase he's about ready to bring. That's why we went to two services. And I'll tell you, we got a lot of push pushback going to two services. We've got plenty of room. Well, we do. Is that all we want? Is we? Is that what you're on this earth for? Is just for your little wee-wee? Oh, no. No, we. We. No. We need to be reaching. Betty. We're not here just for us. We're not. If all we worried about is our service the way we like it, the way we want it, and as long as it holds just us, then we're okay. We went to two services to make room for the increase. The increase. I shared this example with you before, and Marshall at Hardee's, and it was also a gas station. I can't remember the name of the gas station. If you go in there at any given time and you'll hear it on the loudspeakers outside in the Hardee's restaurant within this big gas station, everywhere you're at, you'll hear over the loudspeaker, I don't know how many times a day, Megabus arriving in five minutes. Megabus arriving in five minutes. And you'll see workers scatter. Hurry up, come on, hurry up, get in what do you need? What do you need? And they're kind of like hurrying you along. Hurry. And then you see this mega bus pull up and like 60, 70 people get out of this mega bus and like swarm in there. Well, that's kind of like what I've been feeling in this last year. God's saying mega bus arriving in five minutes. Get ready. So what we're trying to do is prepare for the increase. Prepare for the increase. So I had you turn over to Habakkuk chapter 2. And what I had to do is this nice little ribbon. Because that's a hard one to find. Yeah, you're still trying to find it? Is that what you said here? Now if you got the version app, click, click. Love it. Habakkuk chapter 2. This is the most common verse in regards to vision. Yeah, that's a good question. How about verse 2? Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. So that a herald, not like herald, H-A-R-O-L-D, but a herald, someone who calls out the vision, may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time, it speaks of the end, and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, it will certainly come, and will not delay. You've heard it said this way, keep the vision before you, before your eyes, so that anyone who sees it may run with it. Keep the vision before your eyes. And that's what I want to speak about today is realizing the vision. 
You see, vision is a very powerful, intangible. With it, men can conquer the world. But without it, without vision, men cannot even conquer themselves. Purposelessness is a cancer of the spirit. It will eat away at you and kill you spiritually. Without vision, people will perish. That's Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, people will cast off restraint or become unrestrained. There's no purpose. That's why your schools, oh Lord, help me. That's why, I want to be careful, I'm not preaching against schools. When you teach Darwinism, when you teach evolution outside of creationism, a, a great creator that designed you in your mother's womb with purpose and plans, without that, there's purposelessness. And without a purpose, where's there a reason for living? What am I doing here? I'm just a rat on a wheel, going around and round. What is life for? You see, without vision, people perish. They cast off restraint. Oswald Chambers says, When once we lose sight of the vision of God, we begin to be reckless. We cast off certain restraints. We cast off praying. We cast off God and even the little things. And we begin to act on our own initiative. If we are eating what we have out of our own hand, doing things on our own initiative without expecting God to come in, we are on the downward path and we have lost the vision. Purposelessness. While Paul was on trial for preaching the gospel, he explained how he received the heavenly vision from God on the road to Damascus, and that's in Acts 26, where I had you turn. And in Acts chapter 26, starting with verse 12, here's his discourse with King Agrippa. He said, on one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Let me just stop right there. It has nothing to do with the message. But that statement right there was just a slang term that they knew because in their days with the ox that they used to till up their fields, they had this long stick. It was blunt on one side and pointed on the other. And when their ox started not to do what they wanted to do, that goad, it was called, would poke at them. That guy would poke at them and they'd, ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, an ox, a stubborn ox, would kick against it. So what would they do? Poke them harder. Mm, mm. I mean, get going, get going. And then, mm. saying right here, 
Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. I keep poking at you, do what I'm calling you to do, and you keep kicking at my direction, and I'm just going to poke you harder. See, they knew exactly what that meant. We just kind of read over it like, oh, kick against the goads, okay. Now you see it? Okay, it has nothing to do with the message. That was a freebie. Anyway, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? See, Saul thought he was doing God's work. He really did. By going after the Christians, locking them up, throwing them in prison. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I ask, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The Lord replied, now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are satisfied by faith in me. And then in verse 19, he said here, So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. You want to know why I'm on trial today for preaching the word? Because it's the vision God gave for me. It's what he told me to do. And I am not going to be, and I have not been, disobedient to that vision. Who was Paul before Damascus? Saul was a murderer of God's people. A self-made follower of God. But God in his mercy kept poking him with that gold. Come on, come on. I've got a call for you. Come on, come on. And in his mercy, he, he awakened the heavenly vision in Paul's life. And now on trial, Paul declares, I have not been disobedient to that heavenly vision. Can you say that right now? Can you say that the vision that God's awakened in you, that you have not been disobedient in it? Are you being obedient to that vision? The only way to be obedient to the heavenly vision is to put your hand to the plow. Get to work. And this can only be done by continually setting before you that vision. Recalling that vision. Dissatisfaction and discouragement are not caused by, by the absence of things, but the absence of vision. Discouragement, dissatisfaction is not caused by the absence of things, but the absence of vision. I shared this story with you before, the three bricklayers. A man came upon three bricklayers and walked up to the first one and said, What are you building? What are you doing? And he says, I'm laying bricks, can't you tell? He walks up to the next one. He says, what are you building? What are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm building a wall. Can't you see? Can't you tell? Comes up to the third one who's humming. Looks happy. Says, what are you doing? What are you building? And he stepped back 
and he put his eyes up to the skies and he says, I'm building a great cathedral. Can't you see it? You see, they're all doing the same thing. But one sees the vision. One is happy in what he's doing because he sees the vision. Realizing the vision. Setting the vision before his eyes. So every brick that he lays is a great cathedral being built. And not just one more brick being laid. What are you living for? What are you working for? What are you believing for? These are simple questions that will help you realize the vision God has for you or the lack thereof. It's time to realize the vision. Step up and do your part. To step up and do your part. Pastor Neil shared with me a, a message you thought you were getting from the Lord. He shared with me a little bit this morning. Do you have the microphone? Could you share that? It was in the, in the word that I gave, but um, that um, God really wants to pour into us and show us who he is and reveal his purpose in us. So it's when he gives us that spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom that he wanted to put on us today and, and always wants to put on us, it takes us into his will for us and also our inheritance. Yep, yep. So as soon as he shared that with me earlier, I'm like, that's exactly what the message is about. That each one, God has a specific vision for your life that's not separate and apart from the great vision he has for this church. If you're part of this church, that vision will go hand in hand with the great vision. I had people come up to me, and when I started, and I've shared it quite a few times, and we'll continue to share it, and we're actually going to put it up so you'll see it before you. The things that I believe God's showed me will be part of the Cornerstone campus. One of the things I kept omitting every time I shared with you, because it's like it's way out there, Lord. I'm not sharing that. It's way, I don't even know how that would come about. Two people so far have come up to me and said, I feel like I'm supposed to share with you that I believe God wants me to do blah, blah, blah. And I just shake my head. I'm like, that's it. One of the things we see on the Cornerstone campus, well, I can confidently say now since two people have confirmed it, at least two people, I'm thinking it's three, but I don't want to exaggerate, is that there will be uh, horses for healing where we'll have horses and people actually trained to help people who are going through whatever. It's, you know, intimidation, whether it's, physical limitations, whatever, but they'll use horses in their process for healing. And two people already came to me and said at different times, and I haven't shared it with anybody, that I feel like this is my, and I'm like, there it is, Lord. You know, you'll provide it. But see how it'll all go hand in hand. And sometimes we can't verbalize it. I know um, Jason came to me and said, um, I feel like I'm, is it okay if when we have the Cornerstone campus all built and there's people coming in that I can be, and he started to explain it, and I went, oh, that's it. The only word I could think of was, we're going to need tour guides. So when people fly in, that we actually assign people to the couples or families or individuals 
that just say, hey, you know, what would you like to do? Because, you know, there's a canoe place down here we can take you, or there's a nice quiet spot by the lake over here that I'll give you a map to, and, you know, or I can take you there and show you so that we're serving and ministering the ones that are here. But the only word I could think of was tour guide. And Jason's like, I don't know if this is right, but I, I felt like God wanted me to tell you I want to be a tour guide. And I went, ah, that's it. So the vision that God's awakening in you, don't think it's weird. Don't start kicking against the goads. Go with it. Let him lead you. Let him direct you. It will flow with the vision here. Michelangelo said the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that we set the aim too low and we reach it. Then what? Have you been planning only what you can do? God wants you to get a hold of what only he can do. Be obedient to the heavenly vision. I'm going to close today a little differently, but I want to share with you a devotion out of my utmost for his highest. It says, when God, by his spirit, through his word, gives you a clear vision of his will, you must walk in the light of that vision. Even though your mind and soul may be thrilled by it, if you don't walk in the light of it, you will sink to a level of bondage never envisioned by our Lord. Mentally disobeying the heavenly vision will make you a slave to ideas and views that are completely foreign to Jesus Christ. Our tendency is to lie back and bask in the memory of the wonderful experience we had when God revealed his vision to us. But when God's vision is revealed to us and we don't try to step into it or even feel inclined to do so, oh, that's for somebody else, not for me. It's then that we begin to backslide. It means your conscience does not respond to the truth. You can never be the same after the unveiling of a truth. That moment marks you as one who either continues on with even more devotion as a disciple of Jesus Christ or as one who turns to go back as a deserter. You see, vision is the bridge between the present and the future. God, I don't understand. How are we supposed to build this cornerstone campus? God, I don't understand all the details. Where's all the money going to come from? Where's all the people going to come from? Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. And God's given the church a vision. But he wants to give each one of you a specific vision for realizing this vision. God is not going to have you build a different bridge. He might describe the bridge differently to you, but it's the same bridge. So stop admiring the bridge. Stop dreaming about the bridge. It's time to start building the bridge. Realizing the vision. 
We've put together little cards. The ushers are going to start handing out right now. And if you need a pen, they have a box of pens. As they're handing out this card, what you're going to realize is that right away we're asking for, guess what? Financial commitment. Well, if you haven't calculated it out, last year at the same time, we ask you to make a commitment for the next phase, the building addition, that if you look out your window right now, has not started. It's time for us to start. And in doing so, we need you to take that next step of faith. And this whole message has not been about finances. This whole message is about you realizing your part of the vision. That's it. I want us today, before you start filling out this card, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God gives each person here a specific vision to completing this next phase, this addition. You see, because my dream, my passion, my desire, the board's desire, Pastor Neil's desire when he mentioned this to you a year and a half ago, is that we do it without the aid of a loan. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? That all the money just comes in and we're paying cash. Boom, boom, boom. Amen. So we have to put it out there. We have to keep it before you. Don't forget. It's going to take your muscle. It's going to take your resources. It's going to take your time. It's going to take your finances in order to realize the vision for the Cornerstone Campus. To make room for the increase God is bringing. It's our job to make sure we keep that before you. God wants you to get a hold of what only He can do. Don't fill out this card thinking, what can I do? No. So let's pray right now. Father, God, I ask, God, as you spoke in your word this morning, in the word that you shared with us, that you have for us wisdom and revelation if we just receive it. Your wisdom, your revelation. And so we receive it right now. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Your vision specifically for our lives. Not what we can do, but what you want to do through us. To realizing the vision that you've called. Cornerstone Assembly of God. To complete, to fulfill. Let's see that vision realized in our lifetime, God. God, we call it forth. We call it forth. So what I'd like to do, Brian, if you can have somebody help you. Aaron right there, Mike, yeah. Um, bring that right front and center. What we did and what will be our responsibility, like I mentioned, 
is that we keep this vision before you so by next Sunday we'll have a wall put together that will show you the addition, what it's supposed to look like, the Cornerstone Campus, the things that we believe God is speaking to us that will be part of the Cornerstone Campus, where we are financially and where we still need to get. Those commitment cards will be available all the time, right? on. We'll put that before you and we'll keep it before you. So you can constantly be recalling that. So you can run with it. And so what we did is we framed, let me see if I can do this without knocking it over. We framed the blueprint for the new edition. This is where we are currently. This is where God's calling us. So while you're filling out those cards, as soon as you're finished, Amy's going to play a song. As soon as you're finished, if you've made a commitment, I want you to drop it in this basket right here and then take your place. We're going to encircle this vision and we're going to close in prayer that it's realized in our lifetime. We want to see it, Lord. We want to see it. We want to see it. So as soon as you get that card finished, I want you to come up front, drop it, and then take your place circling around it. And then we're going to close by praying for the addition. Again, our part is to keep it before you. Your part is to be obedient to the heavenly vision. So while Amy sings this song, just come on up, drop up your card, and then stand around here, and we're gonna then I'll come back and close with us laying our hands on this and praying for it. Father, continue to move hearts, move hearts, move hearts, move hearts. Speak, speak, speak. Yes, Lord, speak, speak, speak. Yes, yes. Before I know. Yes, that you yes. even go yes. Yes. to win my womb yes. you yes. come yes. back yes. my enemy you come back and you call it yes. my victory yes. oh oh Yes, yes, yes. Awaken in each one of us, oh God, that heavenly vision. Yes, yes. Before I know that you've even gone to win my voice, your love becomes my greatest. Defense. Yes. It leads me from the dry wilderness. Yes. And all I did was wait. And all I did was worship. Yes. And all I did was rise. And all I did was stay still. Yes. All right, do this. Squeeze in a little bit closer. Let's hold hands. I know, wipe off your hands. No sweaty hands. Sorry, ladies. Sweaty hands. 
I'm going to hold tighter on your hand. Are you okay with that, Helen? I'm a squeezer. All right. Father, we just stand with hands held as a sign of a united front. God, that we stand in this with you, O oh Lord. As our master chief architect, God, we bow to your plans and your vision for Cornerstone Assembly of God, for Benzie County here, Lord, as the lighthouse that will shine your light that will draw all men to you, Lord, because we lift your name on high. We lift up your name for your glory, for your honor here, O oh God. We call out your heavenly vision to be realized here at Cornerstone Assembly of God. And Father, for each one, each one here today, that the vision that you're birthing within them, that you're, you're awakening within them, oh God, would be realized as well, oh God. That they would put their hands to the plow. They would do their part, Lord, for building this for your glory. God, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Father, we give you all glory and honor. Praise to your name, Lord. Help us, God, to be that life-saving station. Help us to be healthy disciples fulfilling the Great Commission for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Now, wait a minute. Okay. I really felt like we are supposed to do, and I know Amy mentioned it in the pre-service prayer, but how many altar workers do I have in right here? One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. We're going to do a prayer tunnel. So what I want you to do is I want the altar workers come up here. Can you help move, Tommy, can you help move this over there?